Excellence Expected, the inspirational business advice podcast. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to another episode of Excellence Expected with me, Mr. Mark Asquith. Now, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. If you are in the gym, make sure you're working hard. If you're driving, make sure you're concentrating. But take all of this in and enjoy it. Thanks for spending this 30 minutes with us. Now, are you a lone wolf? I'm not talking Airwolf, the fantastic 1980s TV show starring a helicopter, which I loved. I'm talking a lone wolf. And in particular, do you have lone wolf syndrome? What I mean by that is, are you completely, completely isolating yourself so much so that you can't actually see your blind spots? You can't see what you don't know. I've been I've been completely stymied by this before, and I think it's something that affects every single one of us in business at some point in our lives. And Helping us to overcome that today, helping us conquer this particular problem, is the champion entrepreneur himself, someone who is passionate about helping others live a life with an actionable pursuit of purpose. So it gives me great, great pleasure to welcome to the show, Mr. Anthony Witt. How are you? Well, I am doing fabulous, Mark. I, I appreciate the, what the wonderful intro. Did you get the Airwolf reference? Are you an 80s child? I am an 80s child, but I did not get it. You know, I was born, I was born in 81. So I guess maybe technically I'm not quite an 80s child. But I, I did not get that reference. I was going to mention that. Oh my word, we're going to have to edit this. This is it. It's going to have to come out. <laughs> there, there you go. We're going to start over. I, but I, I have it actually on my screen now. I typed it in. I'm going to check it out when we get done. My Lord, it will change your life. Imagine Knight Rider with a, with a, with a helicopter. Ah, oh, see, now I love Knight Rider, so that's perfect. Boom. And no Hasselhoff, no hassling the off, so it's even better. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. What a fantastic show. I never thought I'd get an Airwolf reference into a show, but I'm glad we've done that. <laughs> there you go. Check it off your list. Yeah, check it off the list. So tell us about uh, Anthony Witt. What is it that you do, sir? And tell us specifically about the champion entrepreneur. Well, uh, what I do, man, you know, people ask me that question. And of course, as an entrepreneur, you're supposed to be able to have a perfect elevator pitch, right? Here's my 30 second pitch that I can give you going up an elevator. Well, I'll be honest, I don't have one of those. Um, and and I kind of refuse to make one. But in a nutshell, what I love to do is I love to help other people. So I realized that I struggled with a lot of things growing up. I struggled with a lot of things, even in my businesses, the different businesses I've done. I said, man, if I could have someone to help me, that would be amazing. And so then I kind of just flipped it on and said, said, I just want to help people. That's what I want to do. And so that's a big part of what I focus on is helping people. And and like you said, an actual pursuit of purpose, right? Helping people take the next step. I struggle with taking action. You know, I read all the books. I listen to all the right podcasts. I, uh, I buy all the courses even, right? But I don't necessarily take the action. And so I realized that I was struggling with that. And I said, let's see if I can help other people as I help myself through that. And so that's what I do. I help people stay accountable, make sure they're taking action. And so in reality, it's coaching, it's accountability, it's masterminds, it's all of that stuff to really just get people to go to the next level. Because I love what I do and I want other people to love what they do too. Isn't it such a problem that people don't take action? Because I'm guilty of this myself. You know, I've got, 
I can turn around right now and I can look at Napoleon Hill books. I can look at the Tim Ferriss book. I can look at so many other books. And man, I read them and I love them and they change my life for about 35 minutes because you get so you get so bogged down with, you know, quote unquote real life that a lot of the time you don't take action. You know, we met at podcast movement and how much of that do you actually action? It's really difficult, isn't it? Sometimes to do that. So I'm thankful for people like you that actually make a career out of helping other people take that action. Well, you, you, you're right. We did, we did meet there and, and people, people would ask me the question, well, what do you do? And here was my answer that I said, we're at a conference, right? That's what I'd say to the individuals that I met. I say, we're at a conference. You just learned all kinds of stuff from a, from a, a talk you just walked out of. I saw you walked out of it. Right. And they're like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I said, 99.8% of the people that walked out of that room that you walked out of will do nothing with that information in a week. They'll do nothing with it. So I help people take that step. So that's kind of, that really is what psychs me is helping them take what got them motivated because I'm just like you. I've got the Tim Ferriss's and the Napoleon Hills and the, all the other people sitting on the shelf, you know, and I'm constantly reading them, you know, but are we actually doing something with it? Yeah, it really is important. And conferences especially, you know, there's a big deal around spending and investing in going to a conference. So why the hell not do something about it? Actually use what you've learned there. It's amazing that we don't do more of it. So yeah, really, really interesting. Now let's talk about this lone wolf syndrome then. In, in your opinion, sir, what is lone wolf syndrome? Let's sum it up for folk listening. So I'll give a, I'll give a life example. So my first endeavor into being a real entrepreneur, you know, of course, growing up, I did all kinds of little side jobs. I worked for this person over here. I cut grass doing this or whatever it might be. But when I quote unquote grew up, which I think I'm still in the process of doing, but when I grew up and, you know, graduated from the university and said, okay, I better get a job. I got a job. Didn't like doing that. Decided I'm going to be my own boss. Right. And I did residential commercial maintenance. I grew up doing residential commercial maintenance commercial maintenance. I grew up framing, building things. If it's broke inside of a house or a commercial building, I can probably fix it. So I thought, oh, I'm going to do this. I can do this. I got the skill set to do this. And so I started doing it. Time after time, I, I would get some, some business. I kept doing it, doing all the work by myself, doing all the business by myself, doing all the marketing by myself, everything. So I'm going to chamber events. I'm going to lead stuff. I'm getting this business and I'm basically drowning because I'm going nowhere. And essentially, it's the, we've already mentioned it, right? The Tim Ferriss concept of trading time for money. And so what you do as a lone wolf is you can't get out of that syndrome without involving other people in your business and in your life. You know, we are created, I, I believe we're created to be social beings. Some of us are more introverted than others, which I consider myself one of those, but we're created to be social. We thrive when we're in community and when we're put together Man, we do so many amazing things. And so if you get stuck in the lone wolf syndrome, it's I've got to do it all myself. I've got to I've got to make everything happen myself. And probably even more important than that, because there's a lot of times when in our businesses, whether we've bought a franchise, whether we're creating the franchise or whether we're creating a product, right? Whatever that might be, there's times when we need to do it all ourselves. We need to be the person to do it. But we should be involving other people in our lives to say, hey, that's a, it's a good thing you're doing, but no one is going to want that, right? <laughs> Nobody wants that thing you're, you think that everybody wants just because you want it. So we need those people in our lives. And so that's what it was for me. I had nobody telling me in my first business, hey, what you're doing is fine, but no one is ever going to pay you more than whatever it was, 20 or $30 an hour. 
it's just not going to happen because I wasn't building a business. I was working in my business and not on it. It's a real problem as well. And it, it really caused me some issues in my first business insofar as I didn't know what was more important, getting the business or doing the work. <laughs> and it was awful. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's, that's kind of exactly where I was. You know, I've, I've, you know, your story of, you know, basically maybe you didn't sell anything with the first business you had, right? I sold well, a lot of bad time. That was an interesting one. Yeah. <laughs> so it was the same thing for me. I was, I was making money, but all that money was doing was just paying for the business. It wasn't doing me any good whatsoever. And so I was stuck there. And matter of fact, I was stuck there so long that I ended up folding up shop and going back, you know, I ended up going back and working for the government because I'm like, this doesn't work. This is a horrible idea. And the fact is, it was because I was involving no one in my business. I'm not talking about hiring employees necessarily. You know, there is definitely a place where we get to that point, but it's about getting other people involved in your life to help you move to the next level, help you see your blind spots, help you see where you're stuck because we're all stuck. And we all have blind spots. Well, we're all sitting in a, in a, a proverbial car, right? Whatever, pick, pick your favorite vehicle. You're sitting it. you're in the driver's seat. Well, you can't see, you know, out the passenger window down on the street. You can't see the street there. But if you have someone sitting in that passenger seat, guess what? They can't. They can say, hey, there's a little dog running around here. You probably shouldn't turn yet. Wait till it, you know, slows down. And there's people sitting, or should be people sitting in every passenger seat of the car to help you see those blind spots so that, yes, we're still going to take bad turns and we are still the drivers of the ship, but they're going to help us see those blind spots faster, sooner, and we're going to make fewer mistakes that have drug us down the wrong path that we could have turned around easily on. It's a very interesting point. You know, the, the analogy of the passenger in the car is an exceptionally strong one. I think that's really, really beautifully put. And when we talk about these people, you mentioned this idea of employees, and that's not actually what we're talking about right now, is it? So what kind of people are these people that will help? You know, you know, where could you turn for this? Where can you look? And specifically, how do you identify the type of person you need at any given time? Because I imagine that's a bit of a challenge. Yeah, so uh, essentially what I'm talking about and, and I kind of danced around it a little bit, is this principle of, of the mastermind. It's the Napoleon Hill concept of mastermind. It's getting other people involved in your life and you in their lives to helping each other out. Um, in that in that definition, without you know spouting out a definition, you have you you do coaching with each other, you do mentoring with each other, you do accountability with each other. It's it's all of those things. And those individuals, you, you, you kind of hit it on the head and that's where a lot of people come to me and they say, I don't know who to, I understand the concept of a mastermind. I understand the concept of accountability, even, even coaching and mentoring, but I don't know where to go. And I want to make sure that I form a group or get into a group that's, that's quality, right? Where do I go? How do I find these people? And I think that, that the example you mentioned of where we met, right? At a conference, that is a phenomenal place to meet individuals who are also, and the cliche word is progressive. And so I try to stay away from that. Um, individuals who want to move forward in whatever they're doing. So whether that's financially forward, whether that's um, affecting more lives forward, whatever that means, um, you can substitute, I suppose, the word success in there for different individuals. But you want to take it to the next level. I want to go forward. So conferences, I think, are a great place because if, if you have taken the initiative and and let's be honest, it's the action step to go to the conference, you're more inclined to be active in the other areas of your life or business. So I was actually 
I, literally writing on this earlier today um, about how do you find individuals to join in and with you. And um, see if I can, let's see if I can even pull my notes up real fast. But essentially, you can find them anywhere. And what it is, is it's building relationship. So if I'm willing to take the time to build a relationship with someone, I'm going to determine whether or not we are simpatical or we have um, symmetry in, in who we are. We, we kind of thrive off of each other, off of one another. So wherever that person is, that could be on LinkedIn, that could be on Facebook, that could be at conferences, that could be at association groups, that could be literally on a podcast. I think a podcast is an interesting interesting place to do it because here's what I think about podcasts. Like you're interviewing myself right now. Well, the audience is going to have a pretty good understanding of generally where I fall on certain issues, um, kind of my tenor and have, have built a relationship with me. So an audience member could literally reach out and say, Hey, I really connected with you. And so I think a podcast is a great place to find potential mastermind, uh, coaches, accountability, those type of people. And then of course I said association groups, um, in the, the cliche one is chamber of commerce. Um, which we have here in the States, but even those, those groups, the problem with those groups is they're more, um, institutionalized. And so they're more stagnant. So if the group isn't again, making changes and moving forward, the individuals in them are more likely not open to this type of relationship. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. We get the chamber over here as well. And, and, and it's very, very traditional. It's very institutionalized. And I, I often find the key to a successful group of people is the willingness to challenge each other which perpetuates that forward motion you can't help the group moving forward if each person there is willing to be challenged because you all develop with each other don't you yeah and that's that's actually so that's that's actually a great point you you have to be willing to be challenged right so uh, when i look at at mastermind groups and i put mastermind groups together for individuals i I facilitate groups um and when i put in groups together i do look for people that are similar but different. The difference is so important. You need people that are different because otherwise, again, you don't see the blind spots. You don't see the different perspective if, you know, every individual has their own perspective, of course. But when I've done the exact same thing, we all went to the same school, we work at the same company and, you know, there's a lot of similarities. That can be fine, but that doesn't help you as much with like a mastermind type group. You want differences, but you also want, you said the key word that you want people that are willing to be challenged and willing to look at the other perspectives because that right there helps them not get stuck in the lone wolf syndrome, not get stuck going down a path that, you know, is a dead end. What would you say to people that were perhaps feeling like they are a little bit too far down this path and they don't know where to turn? You know, if there's, if there's someone particularly sat there really at their wits end, that is not a pun either. I promise you that the wits end is not a pun. <laughs> Good Lord. This is just full of bad puns and 80s references you, today, isn't it? Yeah, we could do 80 references and puns all day long. That would, We should create a show um, called that. We should do a blab about that. <laughs> there, a blab would be perfect. There you go. Um, so someone that's stuck down that road, I believe that it's never too late to start asking for help. One of the big things that, that I see when people make a change, and, and, and the words I use is champion. Um, because I believe we all have the ability to become a champion. I was a, a division one wrestler over here in the States and that's not to say very much, except for I, I was able to compete against or in practice with, you know, gold medals in the Olympics, world champions. 
And these guys would crush me. But one day it clicked. Yeah, I was I was wrestling an individual who was extremely good. I think he was a national champion, if I remember correctly. And I, I held my own a couple times, and it finally clicked that I can be a champion. And so I believe we all have the ability to be a champion inside. We have to just have the willingness to actually take the action to go out and do it. And so, if to answer, get back to your question, if we've gone down that road so far, you know, we're already we're already off the cliff, so to speak, and there's no backing the, the vehicle up, right? It's get out of the vehicle and then walk back up, right? Which I think that I know I've been there. Um, it's still important to get other people involved in your life right then and there. You know, I joined a group, an individual um, was in the group and he was struggling. He, he actually formed the group amazingly. He got out there and got a lot of us together. He's like, you guys are the people that I want to spend time with and grow from. Well, it turns out, yes, that was a very true statement, but he also was struggling in his business and really needed help in his business because he didn't know what to do. He was stuck. He had gone down that direction he shouldn't have gone down. Well, as soon as we got together and we started to form a community and real relationships, we were able to give him extremely good advice, not because we're some set of geniuses, but because we were all bouncing stuff off of each other and saying, Hey, well, how about this? And the other person would say, well, how about, how about we twist that a little bit and we make it this way. And so I would still encourage you to get involved in other people's lives. It's, it's, if you don't have a bunch of people around you, which I think a lot of us don't, I think this is a, the, one of the big problems that I see in society today is we live in this, uh, community of isolation um, you know, those words don't actually work together, community and isolation, right? They're opposites, so to speak. But we live in that, you know, we, we live in, we live in suburbia or we live in metropolitan cities. We, we go directly into our, our apartments, into our flats, into our garages, whatever it might be. We shut the door and we're in isolation. We're not actually getting involved in other people's lives. So I would challenge you to allow other people to know who you are. Open yourself up to a little bit of vulnerability, especially in your business. No one has, I meet people quite a bit in my work that will say, well, I've got this awesome idea and I'm working on it, but I'm not going to tell you what it is yet. Say, okay, you, you cannot tell me. But the thing is, it, ideas are a dime a dozen. Everybody has ideas. It's the implementation and the willingness to take those ideas to the next level. And that's where you need help. I'm not sure if I answered the question. I think you probably answered it beautifully, sir. I think that was fantastic. And the idea of allowing people to get to know you, I think, is so important. And I'm just going to turn that on its head, actually. And I believe that many of us struggle with this at different levels and at different periods in our lives. And I believe personally that it's, it's something that will come back to you. I don't think you necessarily ever get out of it. So you need to obviously understand when you need the help what kind of help to get, where to go, where to look for it. And taking that and turning it around a little bit, what do you think some of the reasons are that people just don't seek out this kind of community or this kind of mastermind? Why do you think we don't do it when we don't do it? I think it's a couple of things. Um, primarily, I think it's two things. One is we don't know ourselves. We, and I am guilty of this, uh, I'm afraid to sit down and actually know who I am and what really makes me tick, what my real strengths are and what my real weaknesses are and where I shall fall short and where I have tendencies that maybe are 
you know, to use a word, ugly tendencies or um, not positive things. We're, we're afraid to sit down and do that. And then it, it kind of actually falls into the next point, which is we're afraid to be vulnerable because we don't want to be vulnerable. We don't want to allow other people to see those imperfections. And from a, from a personal example, so um, I, I grew up, I grew up in a nice big family, loving family, um, but I was the weird child um, specifically. And I struggled with this for a long time um, specifically because, you know, all my siblings, they graduated top five, top 10% in their classes. They're, you know, fighting for valedictorians and stuff like that. Well, not me because I was diagnosed at the age of seven with dyslexia and I had a difficulty reading. I've had difficulty reading all through my life. Matter of fact, my correspondence with you, Mark, have been 99% dictation. I talk to my computer and my phone and that sends the message because I struggle with that. So I was the weird kid. Well, we all have that weird thing. We all have that whatever that holds us back. And we're afraid to allow other people to see that because we think, well, they're going to see my imperfection. If they see my imperfection, they're not going to think as highly of me. If they don't think as highly of me, I'm not going to be able to be of influence to them. Well, we all have an imperfection. We're not perfect. We all have something that's not normal. And so I think that that's a big, the other big point is we're afraid to show people that what's not normal. It becomes a real bone of contention as well. If you're not, if you're not careful, it can really start to rule you. And it's very, very important, I think, to, to get in front of that, you know, and really embrace what makes you weird. There's a fantastic show Justin Verengia runs, Weird Entrepreneurs, and it embraces the weird oddities about each and every one of us. And it's so important to humanize yourself in the eyes of your colleagues, your friends, your peers in business so that they can see at the end of the day, you know, if they're going to be working with you or for you or you working for them, they need to know that you're a real person. And there's nothing wrong with that, is there at all? No, not at all. And, it, and actually, so what I, in my, my personal story, I flipped it on its head. Eventually I came to the point where I said, no, I'm not going to allow that, like you said, essentially to rule me. That fear and that, um, well, let's call it weirdness, whatever we want to call it. I don't care, imperfection, weirdness, whatever, the weakness to rule me. So I flipped it on my head, flipped it on its head and I said, okay, that's fine. That exists. It is part of who I am and it makes a lot up of who I am. But what type of strengths do I have that no one else has because I have that? Well, I tell you right now that I have a bunch of strengths that most people don't have because of my weakness. And, and I believe that that's true for everyone. It's just a different set of strengths. And so instead of focusing, yes, I work on the weakness. Sure. But instead of focusing on the weakness and saying, how do I get around the weakness? How do I, I say, I admit the weakness, I put it out there and then I focus on the strengths and that's how I can add amazing value. And that's how I think anyone can add amazing value regardless of what industry they're in, whether, regardless if they have a service they're providing or whether they're providing a product is to focus on the strength side. That's amazing. That's really profound as well. The idea of, of turning it right around and pulling a, pulling a bit of a switcheroo on it and just focusing on what that has given you to work with. I think that is so, so good. I think that's fantastic. In that, that's not easy. I mean, I'm, I'm 34 years old and I will be honest, it probably took me nearly 30 years to be able to do that. But as soon as I did that, I started living a life that I love, not because all of a sudden I started making all kinds of money, but because I wasn't living in the squalors, I wasn't living in the, in the, 
uh, underneath, I guess is probably a good analogy. I wasn't living underneath the weight of my weaknesses or the wake of my imperfections. I was saying, I'm going to work on my imperfections, but I'm going to focus on my strengths. Yeah, I think that's amazing. And it's really, really solid advice as well. We could end the interview right there and that's that's plenty plenty to take away from that but we're not going to we're going to switch it up a little bit and actually shift into the actionable takeaway section so anthony i know you've kindly put together three actionable tips for people hoping to get over this lone wolf syndrome that we've actually spoken about just now so let's dig into if we may the first actionable tip please yeah so the first tip that i have that i use or that was is most beneficial to me is to get offline so even in brick and mortar stores, we're starting to move towards, and the world is changing drastically. We have virtual assistants. We have all this stuff. Even, you know, I, I know shop owners that, that you never see their faces because they're, they're facilitating everything online. And that's great and fine. And we can make a ton of money doing that. But to get rid of the lone wolf syndrome, I strongly recommend you get offline. I, I meet with, Matter of fact, both of my mastermind groups that I'm a part of for my work and business, I meet with them online, but I get offline and I meet with them in person. We are relational beings. And even with video, you know, technologies the way it is, there are personal um, tendencies and traits that we miss out on when we're not in the same room with people and we're not in the same place. So get offline, you know, join some of those groups that maybe are stagnant you know, the chamber of commerce or whatever groups get offline and, and meet the store owner next door, get offline, go to the conference, the association groups, you know, join, um, educational groups in person, in your cities or in the regions, you know, you don't have to travel very far, pretty much anywhere you live in the world. I, I, you know, I've, I've been doing a little research on doing some international work on some, some small countries and I'm finding, oh, they already have an entrepreneur, uh, set up. So, Get offline is is my tip number one. Get out there and meet people. My tip number two is if you're struggling and saying, I don't know who to meet, I don't know anybody, and I don't even know what to do, start by making a list. You know, that sounds like cliche, right? Make a list. Everybody says make a list. It's such an old concept. Get your pen and paper out. But my question is, have you done it ever before? Have you actually sat down and made a list? If you've made a list and you've then taken that list and you haven't just shoved it in the back of a corner in a book in the back of a bookshelf or, you know, in the bottom of a file on a computer somewhere and it's in front of you on a regular basis, that list is going to start ruling you. And so as far as growing and preventing yourself from being a lone wolf, make a list of the individuals that you want to learn from. Make a list of the individuals that you want to be a part of their life because of who they are. You know, you've met them, you've heard them on a podcast, whatever it might be, and you want to be a part of that person's life in some form, fashion, or manner. You want to learn more from them. You want to give them value. Make a list of those people and then start pursuing those people. I'm not talking about stalkerish, but what I'm talking about is taking that list and saying, okay, I'm going to follow Mark's uh, Twitter. And when there's something that I can add value to, I'm going to add some value to it and growing those relationships. But if you have a list in front of you, so whether that list is to grow your individual relationships with individuals, or if it's to accomplish something, having that list in front of you is a big deal. And, you know, I I know individuals and I've done this myself, you know, have a big whiteboard, put it on your whiteboard, put it on your mirror. You've heard all the cliche things, but my challenge to you would be, have you tried any of them? You know, I don't do the crazy 
put it uh, on the mirror or put it on your bed or put it in your shower. I don't do any of that stuff. But you know what? I know people that do and it works for them. I'm not going to do it because it's not going to work for me. I know it's not going to work for me. But I use the whiteboard. That works for me. That's a great place for lists for me. I've got a list. I've got a book that I write in. That's a great place for me. I've got a note on, on my home screen and my computer. That's a great place for me. Those things work for me. So find one that works for you. So the third tip as I wear myself out here um, is to set deadlines. And what I mean by set deadlines is set deadlines and then make them public. I'm not talking necessarily here about putting them out on all your social platforms and saying, here's my deadline. I'm going to do this X, Y, Z to grow my relationship or to, to get better at what I'm doing. It can be that, but what it needs to be is it needs to be out there for people that you have already started to develop relationships with your spouses, your significant others. Um, you know, if, if you, if you attend church, your friends and family there, maybe your parishioner is a, if you have a good relationship with them, put them out there and those people are going to start keeping you accountable towards that. And so uh, those are my three action tips that I use to prevent myself from being a lone wolf because it puts me out there, right? If I'm getting offline, I'm meeting people in person. So I'm sharing with what I'm doing. They're sharing me what, with what they're doing. If I'm making a list and I have that list in front of me, I can then, uh, pursue that. I know people that make the list and then say, I'm not doing anything next until I get this first thing done. It's the swallow the frog concept. But then if you also set a deadline, make that deadline known to different people, different individuals in your life, you're also going to be able to prevent yourself from being a lone wolf because they're going to say, well, where are you on that? And you might say, well, I'm here, here and there. Well, now you've just shared all kinds of information with them that's going to help them say, hey, that's a, not the best idea. Maybe you should try it this way. The great thing about those tips, Anthony, is that they they are more sequential than we usually get, which I think is fantastic because you can use them all together. And actually, if you do use them all together, that's going to be really powerful. You're going to change how you do things if you take those three tips because they are all very, very, very actionable. And not only that, they they allow you to form different habits, but they do so in such a way that you're not being too prescriptive, like you said about the, you know, where do you leave the note? Don't stick it on your mirror if it doesn't suit you to stick it on the mirror. And what I find particularly problematic about many of the books that you read is that they're too prescriptive. It's what what's worked for the author, very, very detailed schematics of what's worked. So I think that you've given people a framework there, which I think is brilliant. Yeah. Now, here's the part of the problem with that framework. I, <clears throat> I agree with you. Um, a lot of times we say, this is this is what you should do. You know, read a book and say, this is how you should do it. And we do it and it doesn't work. And then we think that person lied to me. It doesn't work. Well, no, we have our own tendencies. We have our own personalities, right? We're all different. It's not necessarily now the, the, sometimes the problem we run into with just leaving it vague is it's not enough actionable steps for someone. They say, well, he didn't tell me how to do it, so I'm not going to do it. So my challenge is to, you know, if you're listening is don't leave that as your exception. Don't say, well, I didn't learn how to do it because you have to now take those things and actually put them into action and find the, the tendencies that work best for you. I, I, I was asked a question one time in, in, on an interview and they asked me, say, hey, you know, what's your routine? I said, well, here's my routine. I get up at five in the morning. I do blah, blah, blah. And I do this and that and that. And this really helps me be productive. And then, and then their follow-up question was, and this would be my follow-up question to anyone who's making, um, you know, actionable plans like this, you know, working off lines and making a list, deadlines, whatever it is, I would say, how often do you actually do that? Was the follow-up question. I said, man, that's a phenomenal question because 
I can say that this is what I'm doing. I'm putting the note on my mirror or whatever, but how often do I actually read it? Well, not, not at all. Well, then that's not working for you. Let's find a new thing. Love that. That is a really penetrating question as well. And it's all about, it is about the questions that you ask and that, that would throw me right off balance. So I think that's fantastic. And you're right, because we do sometimes just, we, we kind of just do things to kind of placate ourselves and just to kind of tick a box and give ourselves a little pat on the back. And we don't, unless someone asks those kind of questions, we just go about our lives thinking that we're actually doing well, but wondering why the heck the results aren't changing. So I think that's that's extremely powerful. Anthony, that has been such a good chat, sir. We're just about to put a pin in that one, but I've really, really enjoyed that. And I think the listeners will agree that there's a heck of a lot of value in there. So thanks for that. And before we wrap it, where is the best place for people to connect with you online, please, sir? Online. Um, I I am on the, the generally popular, if I can use those vague terms, <laughs> um, social media platforms, because it's such a changing thing. Um, pretty much I'm on all the, the normal platforms and it's under A. Lee Witt. So that's A-L-E-E-W-I-T-T, um, you know, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, um, on those. You can definitely connect with me there. Um, you can you know, I, I'm all about getting emails these days. I, I love getting emails from people that are interested. And so let me give you my personal email. It's it's awit at withouse.com. So that's all one word, withouse.com. Um, and then, of course, you can check out the podcast, which is the Champion Entrepreneur Podcast. We're on all the major platforms. Um, we talk to, to people just like you do, Mark. And so, yeah, so that's kind of how you can get a hold of me. Super stuff. Check it out, guys. We'll pop everything in the show notes as well. So don't worry too much about missing any of those links. We'll make sure that they're easily accessible. Anthony, thanks so much, sir. That really has been a pleasure. I've really, really enjoyed that. Mark, I had a blast uh, talking with you in the audience. Super stuff, super stuff. And guys, as I mentioned, everything will be available at excellence-expected.com. And don't forget, there is brand new content hitting that website five days per week. Let me just give you a little recap of it. Monday, podcast. Tuesday, blog post. Wednesday, we've got VIP-only content. Thursday, we've got a podcast. And on Friday, we've got the Small Business Lunch, which is the fantastic and enjoyable Periscope show that I do over a cup of tea at 12 p.m. UK time on a Friday. So head over to excellence-expected.com. Enjoy some of that content. You will find it really useful if you are in small business. And don't forget, guys, the more you expect from yourself, the more you will excel. Bye-bye for now.